Are you feeling like no one understands your struggles? That you're isolated and alone? Like no one has your back to support, encourage, or celebrate your wins with you? Well, let me personally invite you to join me in the Living Fearless Today Facebook group. Hey, we recently launched the group and are open to other men just like you who want to know their worth, value, and purpose to grow in confidence, find their worth, and appreciate their contributions. So if you simply search Living Fearless Today on Facebook, and uh, then just click to join us. I look forward to meeting you, seeing your growth, and the success you begin to experience in your life within this band of men. This is the Living Fearless Today podcast, a show that helps men like you and me who are struggling to get unstuck and overcome fear to live confidently and courageously. I'm your host and transformation coach, Mike Forrester, helping you create the change you want now. Join me as I interview men who've conquered their challenges and soared to success as they spill their secrets on how they live fearless today. Welcome back, my friend. Today, I have with me Wade Stewart. Wade is a business owner. He's experienced amazing transformation. He's an author. His book is being re-released, which is amazing. And it's called Personal Retreat, Helping You Define Your Success. And I don't know about you, but his story so relates to me and the path that I came through. He's an IT guy. So we're swimming up the same stream. I love Wade's story. Wade, thank you for joining me. How are you doing today? Thank you, Mike. I'm doing great. Thank you. Awesome. Well, if we could start out as far as how are you doing today on the business side? So on the business side, has been going very well. In the last three years, I've been working toward getting a management team in place to run the IT business. I built a business about 10 years ago, building, uh, doing IT support for small businesses. So we would have technicians come in and fix stuff and take care of the odds and ends and software installs, you know how that is. And and do all that. And it was a very labor intensive, intensive business. And, and I wanted to step away from the business. I've got a book, obviously, that I wanted to work on. And I have some other entrepreneurial irons in the fire, if you will. So, you know, getting the business up and running to a point where I could be pretty hands off was my goal. And late last year, I achieved it. And I got to I got to watch as this very qualified bunch of people that I handpicked and kind of molded into the positions that they're in. And now I can draw a founder's salary and I can continue doing the things I want and have a, a, a pretty decent income. Well, congratulations, man. That's awesome. How about on the personal side? What, is, what does life look like today for you there? Well, that's very interesting too. And some surprises, of course, you know, the, uh, not to date ourselves here, but, you know, the pandemic did create a lot of challenges for all of us. Although it did provide opportunities as well, the housing market, as you know, went kind of nuts. And after about mid, just after the first three or four months of the pandemic, I realized that I don't have to be here to do what I do. And if I hand off everything as I plan to, I won't definitely won't have to be here. So, and, and, and I can say, you know, my business is in Tacoma, Washington, which was very, very hot market. And I had an opportunity to sell it, sell the house for four, almost four times what I bought it for. So I thought, you know what, why not take an opportunity 
to live in a house that some in-laws have in California for the cost of utilities and paying the property taxes and sell that house and have a big old pile of money, if you will, and go ahead and live on the road, more or less, in Southern California and make some plans to do some travel. I've actually got a European travel trips planned for the next three summers, uh, Scotland and, and Paris and hopefully Spain. Just, yeah, it's it's been a big change and a big positive change. Like that's That's amazing. And that's a drastic change from like the whole catalyst to you writing personal retreat. I mean, that, that that is stellar. Congratulations, man. Thank you. Thank you. So in handing off, you know, like as far as your, your IT business, how, how did that go? What did that look like? And like, what were some of the challenges that you encountered maybe that you didn't expect? Well, it was, you know, everything's kind of an experiment in progress, right? You come up with a good idea and you put it in, you implement it and you do your best to make it work out. And when things don't work, you backtrack and build again. And I did have to do that. And, you know, about 2017, 2018, I hired what was, I thought to be the guy I would hire to replace me as a whole. So he would handle everything I did with the exception of maybe some financial monitoring. But for the most part, he would do the job. He had excellent technical skills. He was my peer in that regard. He was at a good business mind and a, a reasonably decent salesperson. So, you know, those things all put together had a lot of potential. So I started grooming him for it and I made it clear that this is what I wanted to do someday. I didn't put a timeline on it, but I said, someday this is going to happen and you're going to be the man. So he worked for us uh, a good couple years and he was really coming into his own. And I felt like, you know, three to six, well, three to nine months and mm-hmm. he's in it. I mean, he's there uh, right about that time, a month after his review in which I made, made that he sent me an email and said, with a resignation letter and giving two weeks notice. And that this is the guy that I had every expectation and he made every, you know, every expression of wanting to do it. And he has just changed his mind. He had a better offer from a much larger IT firm. Unfortunately, one that was working with us on a common project and he was more or less poached from us. So that was a little extra painful, right? But so, you know, so that didn't work out and it was frustrating. And sure, I spent a couple, a couple weeks being kind of frustrated by that. And you know, I put on a good face. Anybody willing to better themselves gets every kudo in my book. Despite how, whatever, however you might treat me, the important thing is that everybody gets an opportunity to better themselves. And this was clearly a betterment. They did pressure him to do the two-week notice, and he might not have gotten the position if he hadn't. So being objective, I can say, yes, okay, I support this. But that doesn't mean that I don't go home and close the door and go, you know, and and be frustrated by that. So, so yeah, that was a that was a that was a challenge, and that and that's frankly a one of many challenges I've had in this business. From that lesson, I learned, hey, I can't rely on just one person. So I'm going to build a management team of three people, and they will all have equal authority, and but just in different areas of the business and they will cross train to know how the other ones go in case something should, something should happen to one of them. And moreover, I'll maintain a constant presence, not full-time by any stretch, but you know, checking in, I, I go to every, every two weeks, I attend staff meeting and I, I, I try, travel 
there every quarter and meet everybody in person and see how things are going. So there's, there's, there's some, and besides my business funded travel to Tacoma during some of the nicer times of year, it's wonderful. So this is, this is all good stuff. Cool. What's been like the most pleasant surprise that, that has come out of that, that whole process of, of handing things over? I think it's when I hired my executive assistant because and anyone in business would know that there's always a lot of hats you wear. Mm-hmm. And when I started dispersing the responsibilities to a project team leader, a manager, a service team manager, then I had a third position, the executive assistant, who was kind of overseeing, assisting, but also had a business mind to go, hey, we're not getting enough profit here. Hey, are you pricing that right? Hey, are you, you know, and just being kind of the backstop, just catching all the fly balls, right? Catching all the foul balls and making sure that everything stays in control. And I was very fortunate when I was hiring for this position, you know, you put it out on Indeed or, or you know, however, however you do your advertising. And I got tremendous response for this position. They were all excellent. It's the hardest hire I think I've ever had. I had five really qualified candidates I brought in to to, to uh, do the interviews, in-person interviews for. And they were all just, I, I, I can't even t- tell you how, how hard it was to choose between all four or five of them. But oddly enough, you know, when you, when you, when you put one of these ads up, Indeed does this, and I think a lot of them do, is they'll show you a list of candidates that match what you're looking for, right? And it says, hey, do you want to send the job to these people? And I hate spam. And I, and, and I hate people assuming that I might want something. <laughs> So I always don't, I never click that button. Never. I'm just like, Oh, uh, that's that button. That's a spam button. I don't want that. Move on, move on. Well, this one particular time I went ahead and pushed it. And then I realized as soon as I did that I had done it. Well, long story short, one of the people that received that had been hired into a position of taking more or less taking over the business, you know, not ownership, but everything but. And she, she, she was hired for that position. She worked there for five years and that, that person never turned over any responsibilities to her. Just like little thing here, little thing there, but never really did it. And, and then here she is looking at this job ad. It's the exact same thing in a sense, not the same industry, but the same concept. And she was like, well, this is exactly what I'm looking for. I'm not really looking right now, but I'll go ahead and accept. And she did. And that was, and of all things, really to me, and I tried not to let it be so, but one of the things that just made that little tip over the edge was me having let her know that that was the case. Oh, dude. Very cool. Yeah. So as, as we're talking here, it's like, you've got personal retreat, you know, you've got that area going, you've got the IT side going. But that's not always been the case for you, right? I mean, you were managing it at one point, and that's what got you to to writing personal retreat and going through that journey. Can we go back a bit and and talk about that? Yeah, absolutely. I had worked in IT, IT management for other people, other businesses for probably the better part of um, 22, 23 years before I started my IT services business. And it was 
it was it was challenging in the early days because I'm doing it in a spare room in my home. And I wasn't quite sure where the business was going to come from. And I was nervous about a little bit of that stuff. And so I built a business plan and put together a sales forecast of, you know, a marketing plan and a sales plan that forecast how much I would make, where I would spend the money, just typical business plan stuff. And that was the, that was working out very well. And I started the business up and then a few of, I had worked, I should back up a second. I had worked in as a uh, IT administrator and IT director for an architectural firm. And it was a great job. I was kind of in large and in charge, right? And then I decided to start the business. So went on to get the business started and I left that position and they were upset, but understanding within about, and then I got the business started. And well, I had some savings this was fine. This was all part of the plan. No issues. It was going to be rough. I was prepared for that. Well, two months later, they call up and say, you know what? We want you to be our IT company. And I said, oh, wow. Okay. That's fantastic. This is a company that has four locations in the Pacific Northwest and over 100 employees. And that's a big surprise. So yes, of course, the answer is yes. And I will try and figure out how to make that work, which wasn't too bad because I had built the entire thing. I knew it. I'd been there for over eight years. So I knew everything backwards and forwards. So Mm -hmm. it was really going to be a high dollar, low effort job. So perfect. What a great place to start from. Well, in the architectural world, employees come and go, and I'm a pretty, I find myself a pretty personable person, so I meet everybody, and I'm easy to make friends, and, and uh, so you roll off one architectural firm, you go to another one. Well, I had friends all over in all these other architectural firms, so when they got the news that I was doing the IT and I was putting my shingle out there to do it for everybody. I got another architectural firm. Then I got another architectural firm and the word of mouth was growing the business very, very quickly. So within three months, I had exceeded my sales goals, my very conservative sales goals by probably 60 or 70% by that point, which of course meant a tremendous amount of labor And because now I'm wearing all the hats, like I talked about before. So all these hats have now become a little bit bigger (laughs) than uh, what one would expect. Well, the next quarter went by another 30% of growth. The next quarter went by another 30% of growth. Now things were getting really unreasonable because I was starting to make commitments in the community because I knew that if I wanted to grow the business to the size I wanted, I needed to be part of the Chamber of Commerce. I needed to be part of the uh, Rotary. I needed to be part of these community organizations so people would get to know me and people would get to know my business. But that meant time commitments. So, and then of course, once you get onto a service club like, personal, or I'm sorry, uh, Chamber of Commerce, for example, well, they would love to have you serve on the board. So that um, becomes big time commitment and so on and so forth. At that, or at about that point, when those two first three quarters had passed, I realized that my 18 month plan was to hire somebody. Well, that just became my, my uh, nine month plan <laughs> was to hire somebody. And my back was already against the wall. So I got 
an HR consultant to help me build the employee manual and build the job description and build the ads so that I could comply with legal requirements as well as protect myself from maybe saying the wrong thing in an interview or doing anything like that. So I got good support in that regard. I reached out to a business manager or a business consultant who helped me build the tools by which I trained and managed my employees. So that was great. I desperately needed that. These things weren't very expensive. That was fine. I could spend you know, three to $500 on these kinds of consultants and get a lot of value, tremendous amount of value. So I've struggled to find the time to interview. I struggled to find the time to train. This person caught on very quickly, very indebted to him. And he, he did very well. And, but that didn't mean the work stopped. And that didn't mean the growth stopped, didn't stop either, because now there was another quarter and another 30%. This this behavior continued on for another year, almost year and a half, where I got somebody else hired, not the best hire. Then I got another person hired, okay hire. I, I, everything started to become a little more mediocre because now I'm spreading myself thin across just about everything. And the other thin things, of course, is taking care of myself, making sure that I eat right well. I was working 16 to 18 hours a day. I was working six to seven days a week. And when you're on the road in the daytime, going from client to client, fixing problems, you get out the door right after you get out of the shower and you stop at Starbucks and get something to eat. And then you get to your first appointment and it runs long because you didn't plan for problems to occur as they always do. So now it's three o'clock and you're starving. Well, what's the best thing to have? Two double, bur- two double cheeseburgers. Why not? And a shake because you deserve it. And, and, <laughs> and then you go and truck on again. And then, oh, here it comes the end of the day. I can't get away from the desk because now I've got my bookkeeping to do. I've got to catch up on all my email. I've got to connect with my chamber of commerce and my rotary and all that kind of stuff and get caught up. Oh, I need to run to the bank and do the deposits. I need to write, get on online billing and start paying some bills. Okay, I'm starving. It's nine o'clock. I think I better get some takeout delivery. And then the cycle just continues from there. So even though before I had started my business, I was making some pretty good uh, progress on my weight loss. The highest I ever got was 375. And by around that time, I had gotten down to around 330, but shoot, it jumped up to... 350 again. And I was having some really big problems with blood pressure and I was having some problems with sleep. I was having a lot of problems with trying to maintain the relationships in my life, like, you know, spending time with my family, you know, the IT, IT business alone, if you just are working a W-2 job is tough as it is. They might give you vacation, but they don't give you any time to take it. Or if you're really committed to the job, you know you can't take it right now because of this and that and the other thing. And you're trying to accommodate for other people, and which is a val- you know, perfectly uh, fine thing to do. But at some point, you have to look at yourself and the people that are important to you that are going to be there in your deathbed or whatever, and you should have some experiences with them. So it was coming to a point where I was realizing it was, in fact, it was one point at which I was considering getting a counselor because 
I had experienced so many peers in the IT industry getting sick or, you know, actually working their business to death. You know, in the time that I've had the business in the last 10 years or so, at least three new clients have come to us saying, yeah, we need a new IT guy. Our last one died. And, um, and, and, you know, combination of kind of having a little few of these realizations and I, I, and, and then at one point I said, well, if the, if the business doesn't pan out, at least maybe my life insurance policy will, and I can take care of my family that way. And at the time I said it in my mind, it sounded pretty rational, but after I, I, I sat on that a little bit, I realized that that's not, that's not at all rational because it's not money. It's me that they want to have around. So I, I said, okay, well, I've got to do something. So what am I going to do? I've got to figure out how to get all these things in my life set up right. I, I think, and I've been in corporate works for so long, I realized the concept of the, of the retreat, the business retreat, where you go and you make sure that you're staying true to your, your values, that you're looking toward the future, that you are scale. What are you doing to scale? Do you want to scale? How big do you want your business to be? All these kinds of questions. And I realized that that's the kind of thing I needed, but I could not afford the time and money to get a facilitator, which would have been a couple weeks of effort of talking to them and what I wanted out of my business, in addition to the money that it was going to take to hire that person, have them work with me, that that wasn't tenable. So I needed to figure out some kind of do-it-yourself thing. And certainly there is a flow chart or some kind of checklist of things or a workbook that I can follow. And then I can just kind of fill in the blanks and voila, the treat is complete, you know, and I have some new ideas and stuff. Yeah, we all have Excel spreadsheets for everything, right? If you're coming out of IT, it's like, where's the, the PowerPoint? Where's the Excel spreadsheet or, you know, whatever I, you know, technological tool you would want. So, so you're not, you, you don't have this. So are you going looking for it now at that point? Yeah, at that point, I was doing some research online because, of course, we find all our answers online in IT. So Google is our friend. But, you know, remarkably, I could not. I found plenty of people that were providing personal retreat type things, but they all involve flying to Fiji and spending some quality time with yourself and maybe some, maybe more, some more new age nuanced things. And it usually involved a group or, you know, it was like kind of some kind of group thing or, or it was somehow, re, you know, a link to religion in some way, which mine was really more business. So I, you know, and it was personal and, and, you know, and that didn't really, to me, it didn't fit the bill. So I decided that I am a process person. One of the things that we do in IT is we uh, tell people how to do stuff on their computers. And then if uh, we want it to stick, we write it down in a little short list and hand it to them. And then they follow those steps to do the thing. And so I thought, well, why can't I just do that? I will take, I'll do some research and I can tell you, I threw this together so fast, but I have a research mind and a process mind. So it, it, it sounds like a lot, but I'm kind of able to do it fairly quickly. So I spent mm -hmm. all day on Saturday. I was like, okay, Saturday, all I'm doing is working on this from sunup till sundown. So I'm researching. You remember those old career forms you used to fill out in high school and it's like, find your career, right? And you mm -hmm. fill out the form and then they, and you take the little quiz and they tell you what. So I took some things out of that and use that in the retreat. And then I took some things out of some articles I read about how important childhood is 
and the, the development of what you enjoy, whether it's career-wise or just personal enjoyment or things like that, take some of those pieces. I took some pieces from some counseling, some professional counseling ideas of how, what questions that you would ask a, a client to get them to think, right? Mm. And get them to come to some actualizations, some realizations about themselves. And so I'm starting to put all this stuff together in this checklist, as I mentioned. And I said, okay. On Sunday, I'm taking my checklist and I'm going to the park and I'm going to turn off my phone and I'm going to sit there for eight hours and do my checklists. And I'm going to see how that gets me to where I want to go. Hi, Coach Mike here. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the Living Fearless Today podcast. Man, if you're struggling with your worth, feeling you're not enough and playing small, honestly, this isn't your lot in life. There is more available to you beyond this podcast to help you uncover your worth, feel respected, be confident, and play bigger in all areas of your life. Grab a time at highcoachmike.com forward slash book a call to set up a complimentary session on where you're at today, who you want to be, and how you can live the life you've been desiring. Again, head on over to highcoachmike.com forward slash book a call and take that first step towards your life transformation. So as you were going through this, you just kind of looked at questions and went, this is what's important in these different areas, right? Mm -hmm. And just kind of compiled it. And then you, what I love is you're taking action. You're not waiting, going, I'm going to do this in two weeks. You're like, I'm in immediate pain. I need to address this is is that kind of what what things were feeling like? Does it match that? Absolutely. The you know the physical symptoms, the emotional symptoms, all of this stuff was really coming to a head. And it's not like I hadn't experienced these things before. You know, I realize that when I, I realize that there is some there are thresholds in your life that you just can't cross anymore. I was telling somebody about a person. I, I just recently started seeing a personal trainer and I have a military background. I, my first few years of my life, right after high school, I enlisted and, and, and was involved in desert storm. So I have some, some experience of how far you can push. I can push myself, my own body. I know how I can do that. But now let's fast forward to a few gray hairs and a few wrinkles and, and maybe I've lost touch with that. So I get a personal trainer and he, he found new boundaries that I didn't know I had because I was treating myself a little bit soft. Right. So knowing where those boundaries are and how far you can push yourself is super, super important, whether it's to push yourself to gain strength whether that's emotionally or physically or whatever, pushing yourself and pushing yourself not too much, right? Because then that's going to cause damage. And so you work with a doctor, you work with a trainer and you find out where those things are. Well, in life, you don't really have those things necessarily. I mean, you could have a counselor, you know, somebody like that to help you, but you do have to take ownership of a number of this stuff and be able to raise the flag. It has to come from you. <laughs> it just has to. So that was my knowledge and knowing that I was raising the flag. There's something in the back of my head said, okay, there's a problem and it's coming. You got to do something about it. When you were compiling the questions, how did you, how did you work through it to know which ones to put in there? And then also, you know, some of us do like a pain avoidance. How did you then ensure that you're, you're including questions that aren't 
you know, you're not pulling out because they're uncomfortable, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. but you're including stuff that's going to get you to the answer, even if you have to push through that awkward, uncomfortable, you know, reflective phase. How did you right. make sure you included that? I think the important thing that I did was to make sure that the things I'm asking are very open-ended. If you were to actually count the questions in a personal retreat, I don't think there's more than six, maybe. I'm giving instruction on what the retreat person is doing, the, the person taking the retreat is doing. I'm saying, okay, I want you to think about this. Now, I want you to write down words or very short uh, phrases about what it is about these things that are important. And once you've done that, now I want you to go back and ask yourself, what makes that important? Okay, so now you've got something under that, right? And then maybe you do it one more time, right? One of the things I always like to talk about is um, the there's a, a section of the retreat called the re- regression steps. And one of them is to look back in your childhood. And what was it that you liked doing as a child when you were playing with your friends and you maybe made make believe, you know, some people played house, some people played, you know, whatever they played. What is it that you, what role did you take and what did you enjoy about it? And of all things, I like driving a bus. And so we would play school, right? And so I would drive the bus. And then all my friends were in the back. And so we were like going to all the different stops. And the thing I loved about it was, and then through the reach through my retreat, I figured out that I like following a route. I like being responsible and I like serving others, getting them to the place that they need to be. And so I could, I could use that to learn a lot about just a little portion of myself in that particular part of the retreat. There's other parts too. Regression is just one. One is activities you enjoy. One is the skills that you have. What skills do you have that you enjoy? And what skills do you have that you don't enjoy? How good are you at them? And it's remarkable how many of us have uh, an incredibly excellent skill at doing a particular thing, but we just hate it. (laughs) Just don't enjoy it at all. So, you know, that's, that's fascinating to, to explore. And, and, and we do that in the retreat too. And sometimes you can find that, yeah, I don't like working on computers, but what I do like doing is making them communicate. I love setting up networks. That part is a real enjoyment to me. So how can I use that, that rewarding thing in my career to make it more rewarding to me? And so that, and, and, and then when you have this big list of things and, and you, you, now you boil that all down into actionable steps, things you need to change about your, 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 your position in life so that you can better enjoy it more for the things that you enjoy doing and get a little less of the stuff that you don't enjoy. And then for the purposes of my retreat and the situation that I was in, I realized that I was taking on too much, which was obvious to a certain extent, but I also got to learn about what things were so important that I wasn't willing to let go. And then why was that? And then figure out how to find someone to do those that are going to meet those very specific criteria, rather than just saying, I want you to do the books. And then when they're not being done to the standards that you've kept up here and not verbalized, you can avoid some bad interactions with the person you hired. So did that all come about through the Sunday exploration as you're answering questions while you're at the park, you're, you're realizing this stuff. Is that right? 
That's right. Yep. And it's been able to come up with these little tidbits that can build upon something of greater value and action, those actionable steps. So you got through Saturday creating the list, Sunday reviewing it and answering it. Where did that leave you Monday? Like, did you then, you talked about liking routine and routes. Did mm -hmm. that then kind of give you that, that path to set out on? It did. That was one part of it that did help in, in, in reforming what I was going to do. The thing that I came away with was all these ideas. And so Monday, I didn't really have anything actionable, even, even though I had all these, this stuff, I needed to boil it down to more actionable steps. Like I said, I spent that whole day on Sunday and I just came away with a lot of words, some ideas and some notions about what comes next. So Monday was a regular work day, but I tried to keep it short. And at the end of the day, I started putting all these things together into something that was more actionable. And I realized that, okay, I need to control my schedule more. That's the route, right? Something I can expect, something I can follow. I need to hone in on that. I need mm -hmm. to delegate more. So I'm not pulled off until three o'clock before I can have lunch. I have to be able to have somebody do those things rather than me do them because they're obviously not doing me any good. And that guy that I send is not going to have to spend all night doing book work. So <laughs> I think it's a fair trade. So we, so, so those were those, that starts to lead to that relief. Right. And, and, it, it, and honestly, I think it probably took until the next retreat and I try and do them every six months or so one big retreat a year and a shorter one mid year, just to catch, just to stay make sure I'm on track. But, but yeah, it's, it's been, it's been really effective between those two. I was really right back on track and that's when the business started to grow with a lot more control and we were a lot more able to adjust to scale. Yeah. I, and I think that how you're talking about coming back and reflecting on it, like six months later is key because you're, you're going to have a change or like a variance in where you're going. Mm -hmm. but you're doing a course correction throughout the year. It doesn't sound like it's, it's as much, but you're at least, you know, looking at it to make changes. Are you looking at it like on a monthly basis or anything just to kind of at least keep it fresh in your mind? Or are you like good to go January 1st until June 1st? Right. From a business perspective, I was looking at it quarterly. I would, in fact, what I liked to do was set up quarterly goals. I tried to avoid specific goals, specific annual goals. So I might say something like this year, I want to increase our, our profit margin. So that means I'm going to have to focus on costs. I'm going to have to focus on a little bit of a little bit of new products to sell, maybe raising some prices and that kind of thing. And so that was just an overall goal. I wouldn't put a number on that, but on the quarterly goal, I would make them specific. And I would say this quarter, we need to hit 2% better than last quarter. And then next quarter, 2% better than last quarter. So then when I do the yearly one, I can go look back and go, we met the goal of raising it because I said 2% per quarter. And that gives me time to adjust. It's, I think one of the hardest things in business is to put long-term goals, long-term specific goals in place, because there are so many things you can't, you can't see in the future too. You just can't know that you're not going to have that guy give me two weeks notice and throw everything off. You're that big client 
that just suddenly decides that they don't want your services anymore. Or unbeknownst to you, we had this happen once, a fairly good sized client of ours sold their business and we didn't even know that they were interested in selling. And so poof, they're gone. And, and, oh no, we sold to somebody much bigger who has their own IT department and everything. So yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> and, and Man. so those things, those things are tough and, and, and that's what life throws at you. So if you can give yourself specific short-term goals, I think that, that has benefited me a lot. And the quarterly check-ins are even shorter than that six month one, because all you're doing is looking and okay, well, we didn't make uh, 2% last, last quarter. We did one and a half. So let's do one and three quarters, you know, and, and, and make them achievable. Gotcha. Now, how long from that weekend where you sat down and did your, your retreat before things changed? I mean, how, I'm sure you're, you're making changes, but how long was it before it was like a discernible, wow, life's different now? I would say it was within two weeks. So what I had to do was put together my plan. And then once I did that, I had to share it with my family. And because, you know, they're, they're a part of the business because everything we have hangs on the balance. So, hey, this is what I'm going to change and this is what I'm going to do. And they had some concerns and, and, and we made some adjustments to allay those. I tend to be a little more of a risk taker than a lot of people in my family. I mean, I started a business for crying out loud, but you know, we did, we did make some adjustments and once things started working, then fantastic. So, well, after I talked to the family, then I talked to my team and I said, there are some things that are going to change and I'm going to rely on you a lot more. And I think the biggest surprise to me in that moment was that they were like, well, good. It's about time. They knew that there were there were challenges going. They knew how hard I was working. I've got one guy working for me now that was working for me way back then. And he's and he told me just as I was uh, passing, he's one of the managers, obviously, that I've pushed this all a lot of this onto. And he he said, Well, you know, everything you've done has been really inspirational to me. And I I'm so glad that you've kept me around. I've I've seen your pr- progression from somebody who was horribly overworked and very unhappy to somebody who is doing exactly what they want to do and very happy. And, uh, and that was, yeah, that was incredible to hear. That's huge. What kind of changes did you see? Like once you shared that information with your family and then you also shared with your team, like what was, what was a change that you saw within them? I think it was uh, one, one thing that it opened up, it, it opened up more dialogue between us. I think having an opportunity to share what I was feeling and where I was at, it's not really something that happens a lot, especially in business. You're not really sharing that as much as probably you should, because if you have a great team, they're going to look for ways to help. And, and if you're holding it back, it, they, they are not going to offer that. They can't really shine. Right. So I think it gave our team an opportunity to work better together and, and help each other out that we didn't really have before. So that was a, that was a lovely side benefit to it all. And it certainly helped me sleep better at night, knowing that they had my back. What, what personal changes since that time have you seen within yourself? Like, what has it allowed you to, to then grow and, and transform? So I could really get better connected with family because now I'm taking time and I'm making that happen. I'm letting go of all the what ifs 
and just saying, I'm, this is what's important right now. And I'm going to do this right now. That was, that was really helpful to get relationships back on track. The one that was really good is, you know, going back to that route and that schedule, I was able to now schedule an exercise for myself. I was able to schedule doctor's appointments. I used to push off doctor's appointments. Oh my gosh. I'm like, nope, it ain't going to work this week, next month next month, next month. It was so reactive and not planning. God, it was horrible. And so now I, so now I'm like, okay, this is happening now. And I don't have a choice because that's this, the calendar rules, right? The schedule rules. I mean, accidents happen, problems occur. We'll adjust for that. But those are the things that change it. Bobby called in sick. You know, <laughs> we, we're going to, we're going to figure it out. We're going to find a way around that. That's awesome. So how are you continuing to grow yourself? You know, it's like you've, you've freed up this time, you're delegating stuff, you're working off a routine, your calendar, you know, really guides you. How else are you growing yourself now going forward? So I continue to do goal setting and tracking progress on the things I want to do. The person, the second edition of the personal retreats, a perfect example of how I am using all the tools that I used to build a a system of goals and check-ins and adapting and moving forward and being actionable is something is some things that I built that I just continue to use every single day so that's so that's good and measuring measure you know having good metrics and measuring your progress is 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 absolutely key and of course that's a little bit of IT but it really came to the front when I'm working on this goal setting and everything because I can really use those tools to help yeah i'm i'm imagining that it's like you've got those metrics now you have like something that's giving you feedback whether you're whether you are improving or whether it just feels like it and there's some deeper, you know, investigation you need to do. Yeah. You can get on the scale and you can measure that way. But if you're doing that, you don't necessarily see physical changes such as your body size. So, you know, like I said, I'm seeing that trainer, right? So I'm adding muscle and I'm like, well, that scale's not moving for me very much. What the heck? Well, I could go back to potato chips or I could put a tape on my arm and go, well, geez, the biceps increased like a half an inch. Well, that's, that's a, that's some, and it's not flabby. (laughs) So it's, I've traded something, you know, and having those kinds of metrics, I think are really, really important. Yeah. Not just relying on one, one feedback as the indicator of success on everything. Totally makes sense. Well, Wade, how can people reach out to you, get, you know, more information on what you're doing as well as personal retreat? The best way, and it's the hub for just about all communications with me, whether you want to reach me directly or check out some of the things I post on social media are all linked to the website. So that's www dot personal retreat dot training because dot com costs too much. <laughs> Very cool. And I'm assuming you're on Instagram, Facebook, all of that as well. So if people want to follow like what you're doing in day to day, they can reach you there as well. Yes, sir. And then when is your your version two of personal retreat? When is that going to be available and and where? That'll be at Amazon 
on both Kindle and paperback. And that'll be on September 17th. You can buy either one of those. So make sure that if you are interested to do so. And if you are interested in some other goodies, there is a sign up on the website. It'll pop right up guaranteed to sign up and get reminded when it comes on. And then you'll get an opportunity for other treats and goodies as we, as we do in the industry is always give away treats and goodies. Nice. Fantastic. Wade, thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate both the information you've shared on, on your personal retreat, the impact it's made and, you know, just overall how you're continuing to move forward with this. I think that freedom, especially from an IT side, is so needed because I know I got lost in the weeds and the bits and the bites, right? And, uh, you know, it's pretty prevalent for us to eat lunch at our desk. And that's, you know, not just relegated to IT. So, Wade, thank you, my friend. I appreciate you joining me today. Thank you very much, Mike. And thank you for giving me an opportunity to present this as a resource for your listeners. It's so important that we take care of ourselves. Definitely. I agree. Well, Wade, thank you, my friend. Thank you. Thanks so much, my friend, for joining me on another episode. If you found the information within the show helpful, please leave a review on the platform you're listening to. It helps raise the show's visibility so other men can join us in breaking free. See you on the next episode. And remember to continue putting yourself out there. Have a great one.